0: Hey everybody!
1: This is AJ from the Unnecessary Podcast, and we're back. Of course, we're listening to Gogol Bordello, Wanderlost King. I don't know if we've played this song before, but God, I love Gogol Bordello. I'm I'm pissed. I won't be in Denver when they come to town during the holidays. Oh well. But anyway, it is the holiday season, and we have another great podcast with Lee. So uh, let's get right on the call and listen in to what we talk about. We talk about Lee's car accident off the top, which is pretty crazy. We talk about respective vacations, Lee's wedding, in addition to all the usual pop culture, philosophy, movies kind of stuff. We also get pretty dark, particularly weird and dark, even for our podcast, so... You'll get to enjoy that as well. Anyway, let's get to it. <laughs> hello,
2: sir. H- hello
0: there, sir. Hey <laughs> anyway, Lee. Um how's it going? Going pretty good. Good to be back in the studio. Yeah, you uh
2: you're you're in a new car studio. Because you uh, you uh had some car car issues. Can you please recap, like, what happened with your car?
0: So I'm in my uh, car studio, Carudio, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I was driving on the highway. It was a two-lane highway which is on both sides. There's nowhere to go. Going, like, 55, 60. There's a bunch of traffic. It's, like, just got dark. And all of a sudden, this white pickup truck just, I'm not sure if he was on the right shoulder or in the right lane. There was two lanes. I was in the left lane. All of a sudden, he just pulls perpendicular across both lanes of traffic and stops. So oh. I'm in the left lane. I, yeah, it was real crazy. I, I slam my brakes on. Um, the guy behind me doesn't even see it happen. He was probably texting. And this is a
2: truck? This is a truck that pulled out?
0: Uh, yeah, a white pickup truck right in front of me. So I slammed my brakes on. The guy behind me slams into my back going like 55 or 60 miles an hour. Which then hits me into the pickup truck in front of me. So then, uh, the left side of, the left front of my car hits the left divider. The right front of my car hits the white pickup truck. As I'm recovering from the shock of being slammed in the back at, you know, 60 miles an hour by another car, the white pickup truck, I guess, left and he was gone, uh, hit and run. I'm not sure. I, I've seen videos where people, like, really? do, have. yeah, yeah. I see videos where people like do heroin in their car and like fall asleep and shit. So that's what I kind of think happened is that maybe he was fucking shooting up and just all of a sudden, you know, jerked the wheel and passed out. I'm not really sure. But there was no, there's nowhere to go. There's no turns to straight two lane highway. Oh my god. So, and it
2: wasn't like super foggy out or anything?
0: Nope. Nope. I saw he was about, he was probably five car lengths. Ahead of me, which you know gave me a quarter of a second to react and slam my brakes on, and the guy behind me he hit me so hard that my my trunk, the back of my tr- my back bumper went all the way to my back seat. That's how hard he hit me. Uh, the back, oh my the back God. windshield. Yeah, the back windshield, rained glass over me like a tsunami of glass. That was probably the most shocking part, um, because I'm not I'm not really sure. If I hit the car in front of me first, or if the impact of the car hitting me from the behind hit me into that right. pickup truck in front of me, it all happened so fast within like you know two seconds. I'm not sure what happened first, but when he hit me, like when I stopped, slammed on the brakes, I thought that I had avoided an accident. So I'm thinking that the car behind me hitting me hit me into the car in front of me. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I'm not totally sure. But uh, yeah, it was real crazy. I was on my way to play a show, and uh, I, I still ended up playing the show. Uh, the other guy in my band, Anthony, came and picked me up. I was about half an hour away from the venue. So he came and picked me up after the tow truck came and uh, grabbed my car, went and played the show. Then he drove me home and uh, found out later that the car was totaled. But luckily I have insurance, and I only had whiplash for a few days. So now I'm in a uh, – I'm basically in the same car. It's a 2013 Toyota Corolla, but it's just not the sport. It's just like the regular LE. And uh, here I am.
2: Okay, so okay, a couple
0: questions. That's insane.
2: Uh, yeah. What what night of the week was this?
0: This was, I want to say uh It was on it was on November third, so let me look up and see what day the, the. That was a Friday. Friday. It was. Saturday.
2: That was a Saturday. Saturday. Yep. So it was Saturday at like eight thirty at night. Oh my god. That's fucking crazy, and and this, like, it's almost oh, sounds like it could have been intentional, which would be really weird and fucked up, but I guess your drug theory probably makes a lot more
0: sense. Yeah, I mean, I just, it was racking my brain trying to think what would cause this person to just pull out sideways blocking both lanes of a two-lane highway, you know, 60-mile-an-hour highway. Like, what would cause you to do that? Either you just, like, shot up and just, like, fell asleep on the wheel and just, like, went sideways into traffic, which is, like, a good you know that's a good uh answer for it or there's I don't, I don't know how many people were in the car maybe like the passenger jerked the wheel into i don't know i don't know what happened it could have been anything wow. but i'm okay. not even really sure i'm not i'm not even sure if the cops found them
2: right you still i that was my other question so wow that that is just insane
0: yeah real lucky and wild uh when people saw my car they said i can't believe you're not dead <laughs>
2: Well, I saw the back of the car. I saw the pictures, and uh, that looked like a very serious accident. So yep. I'm really, really.
0: When I saw that, I was like,
2: "Whoa, no!" Um, yeah,
0: and I mean, it all—it literally all happened in one lane. And if I had been pushed into the right lane, and luckily there was a there was dividers on both sides, so I couldn't have gone into oncoming traffic. It was just like a separated two lane, one way highway. But I, I slammed my brakes on in the left lane. The guy hit me going straight into me, so it just, like, was we stayed in the lane. There were no other cars involved in the accident. So it all happened pretty quick and pretty clean, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That does. So what
2: happened? So was there a slow motion moment?
0: No, there actually wasn't, and I was thinking about that afterwards. Like, didn't I didn't go into slow-mo. I didn't go into any kind of other mode. It was just, like, slam on the brakes, boom, I'm hit let the shock wear off, what the fuck just happened, look up, the white truck is gone. I look at the guy behind me, he's already getting out of his car, so I know he's all right, and I immediately get out of my car, and I'm just like, are you okay, are you okay? And he was like, he he, he spoke Spanish, she barely spoke any English at all. Um, but, you know, we were both just happy to,
1: yeah, yeah, we were
0: both just happy to be alive, and, you know, after the tow truck came, like, we hugged each other, and, like, we were just very happy that... We were both okay because we knew how how bad it could have been, especially if we weren't wearing our seatbelts. And if I was not wearing my seatbelt, I would have been through the windshield. Yeah, no shit. For the airbag, did it deploy? No, the airbag did not deploy. I also got hit from the back, so I don't know if that – Right, right. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, Did you – wither blood? Um I don't think there was any blood coming from either of us. Um, I was, when I was uh, playing my set afterwards, like, five minutes before I was going on, I was still picking giant chunks of glass out of my waistband and shit. That was pretty ridiculous. But dude, I that is a rocker story. That's like a badass yeah, rock
2: rock and roll,
0: you know? Yeah, it was real show, crazy.
2: They try to fucking
0: take me down, that thing down, my, man. Out of my goddamn... Yeah, that's perfect. Hopefully. Yeah, but the, one of the stranger things was that after the accident, I felt totally fine. I felt great because of just the adrenaline of everything. So I just, like, felt yeah. amazing after the accident. Oh,
2: the next wow. day
0: I woke up, and I was like, wow, my neck really hurts. Mm-hmm. The, the second day I woke up, I couldn't even turn my neck. Like, it was so bad. I had such bad whiplash, so I went to the hospital just because it was covered by insurance. Um, just to get it checked out, but they said, you know, that's totally normal, just from your neck muscles trying to brace during the impact, you know, huge, huge amount of force that my neck muscles needed to exert to be able to keep my head steady, so they were real sore for maybe two or three days, but... You gave me some natural, natural washes Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that is
2: the crazy thing about whiplash and your neck, it's like... If your if your neck muscles didn't do that, your spine would just break, you
1: know. Yep. Time, yeah.
2: Your, your muscles are like just sacrificing themselves. Just like trying to hold on and and get your your neck
0: back and put that is crazy. Uh-huh. It's like that, that mom stress that their if their baby is like under a rock and they just like get super right. strapped and like pull it. And the then you feeling
2: great the rest of the he was just being Superman the rest of the night. Like, oh, it's just Yeah, name? basically. I was yeah, crazy. like, I,
0: I, I went into the, oh, it was great. Like, I went into the venue, and everyone had heard what happened, because Anthony, who came to pick me up, was already there waiting. Um, So I came in, and everyone was like, oh, my God. And was asking me what happened and stuff, and then played he the set, and legend. it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, so, the
2: best man picked you up. That's, uh, that's, that's what he's there for holy shit. Yeah,
0: yeah, so it worked out, it was real crazy, I called Angel after it happened, and of course she started, the first thing I said was, I'm totally fine, I am okay, and then I explained (laughs) what happened, and she starts freaking out, like, I'm not okay, but I, yeah, yeah, everything's okay, yeah, um,
2: yeah, that's, uh, (laughs) yeah, because it's like, uh, so I got in a car accident, she's like, okay, and, um, I'm still here in the car, and you, you just zoom out. The camera zooms out, and you just have no legs. You're just Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, so, in the car,
0: and I'm kind so of you a little bit. Because
2: you, you never, like, the way you're talking will not necessarily give off, like, the level of shit that's going down. Oh,
0: uh, right, who right. Did,
2: who did you call first when this all goes down? Is she the first call or 911, I guess?
0: Um, no, my first call was to Anthony because – I was literally I had to be there. I was like half an hour away and I had to be there in half an hour. You know what I mean? So like it's my it's it's my business, so I gotta call my fucking business partner and be like, Hey, this is what's (laughs) happening, like we gotta figure out how to make this get how to make this work. Um So then he came to get me, then I called Angel and was like, Hey, this is what's happening, don't worry, I'm gonna play a show.
2: (laughs) So you waited how long to call Angel? This is great. Uh
0: probably like probably like fifteen minutes.
2: Fifteen minutes. Okay, I mean whatever. It's, I'm making a big deal out of it. I just think it's funny. Because, um, like uh you don't like you either want, like, I just want everybody to know and I don't want to call anybody. Like in that situation exactly. it's like, uh like this is not a fun thing to have to do. So
0: Right. Well those are my those are my two phone calls. And then after I, I called Angel, I was like, I got to go. I got to call Anthony back and tell him, like, where I am, send him, like, a geo marker on Google Maps so he knows what part of the highway I'm on. Because I was in the middle right. of the highway, you know what I mean? He has to, like, get off at an exit and come up, back around. And he actually, when he came to get me, he passed me on the other side of the highway um, to come back around and get me. And he was like, I couldn't believe how bad the accident looked. He was like, it looked like somebody was, you know, seriously injured. Um <laughs> exactly. So then after,
2: you can't miss me. <laughs> yeah, you can't miss
0: me <laughs> Fire, there were fire trucks and ambulances and yeah. all sorts of How do I know where
2: you are? Look for the big fucking accident on the highway. How
0: about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then um, I, I I was like, Angel, I got to go. I got to call Anthony, whatever. So she said, all right. So I talked to Anthony. I hang up, and then I, I get a call from my mom. So I pick up, and she goes, okay, tell me what happened. Angel's freaking out and called me. So I just wanted to call you so that I could call her back and calm her down. So I'm like, all right. So we got that all figured out. Um, But those were the only three people I talked to, and then I just let Facebook do the rest of the informing. Yeah, I'm very
2: glad you did. That is a great thing about Facebook. You can just tell everybody.
0: Oh, I love Facebook. People hate on Facebook, but you're just not using it right. You know? Well,
2: I mean, we can, people can, people hate on Facebook for completely different reasons.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, I know. I should be deleting it, I'm sure, but whatever. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i have no i have no information that needs to be so private that i wouldn't care that much if people got it
2: yeah um the, so the i think the driving has gotten so much uh more dangerous in this country
0: in recent years yep. because of the texting
2: oh and, my god every I, i've seen 80 year old
0: ladies driving cars and texting and driving i'll look over and yeah be like looking down at the phone like what is happening
2: and it's probably half the time it's probably not texting like it's probably fucking Google searching, uh, like, looking up directions on your phone. Um, like, back in the day, like, you would have to – I don't know, I hate maps, so I never really use them. But you would have to keep your eyes up and on the road to, like, see where you were going. You didn't use the phone for directions. So it's just, a, like, there's so many reasons. And people are probably on apps, like, online banking while on the highway. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, I want to
2: make a transfer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember
0: when we, first, when we first started driving, you had to go to Google.com and print out the Google Maps and bring it with you. Remember that?
2: Yeah, that was a pain. My first year of working after after graduating from college, I moved to Brooklyn and was selling beer and going from restaurant to bar to restaurant. And I, at the in every morning I would have to print out MapQuest directions.
0: Yep, and MacBook follow them uh, through
2: yep. a T. And if you get them wrong, you got to get back to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, if you get them wrong,
2: you're fucked. That's it.
0: You're
2: lost, Yeah, there's so many factors that's leading us to to have more dangerous driving. Also, less stick shift. Eva's like, I like stick shift because I feel safer, feel more in control. But like, I'm not fiddling around with anything
0: because it's a stick shift. So, right, Let's less forward. of that. We're, 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 we're probably five years from autonomous cars, so at least be autonomous 80% of the time. Yeah, well,
2: autonomous cars is really going to eliminate the most dangerous thing any of us does. It's the most dangerous thing that everybody does.
0: Um, Driving general.
2: <laughs> so It's so dangerous. Bill Burr, uh, I thought, was hilarious after he started helicopter flying or piloting. He uh, he says he's so freaked out at driving now because he's like, dude, it's like you, it's like you're flying in formation.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: they are just inches away from it, and you just have, and you have no idea what the other dude's doing. That's what it is. you're flying in formation. You have no idea what the other car's doing. So, it's uh, it's quite a gamble, sir.
0: Yeah, I mean the best part about when self-driving cars really take over. Is just going to be that cars are going to start having bathrooms in them.
2: Um,
0: you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like if people just no, just like a like a urinal in the back, or just like a you know, you pull a little sheet down, you know, with a little you know, take a little dump, you yeah. know, do what you got to do. And, oh well,
2: I guess. I, I mean, I I always had this plan of, like, when I'm older, like, having an RV or renting an RV and taking it around to national parks like
0: old people do. And
2: I guess at that yeah, point it will be sure. a, a self-driving RV.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, Tesla's got self-driving trucks that he said will be fully autonomous within two years. So we'll see about that. But Right. Wow. And that's, that's – awesome.
2: you know, it's – And and what else is cool about that is, like, uh, if you've ever gone jeeping or off-roading or even just on a dirt road camping, that is going to become more of a hobby and more fun. Like, out here in Colorado, jeeping is a super popular thing and off-roading. And I think that might just become more of a hobby and even more fun. If you're – I love working from home and and not having to drive for work. and, And just I think the less people have to do that the more fun, like, people get back to, you know, cars, cars used to just be super rich, and it was super fun, (laughs) so you get back to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of also like, it's kind of like camping, like, when everybody lived as, like, hunter-gatherers, nobody went camping, because everybody basically lived in a camp,
1: but now that everybody
0: lives inside with modern comforts, you're like, hey, why don't we go live outside for, you know, two nights? Oh, yeah,
2: Um, we'll get to my trip later, but Keith and I went to the desert, and we went to the Sahara Desert in Africa, and we were joking how now, like, we're the idiots who to take three days to get to the desert. Most people spend their lifetime getting away from it.
0: Yep. They're like,
2: oh, man, thank God we see this town. I've been in the desert so
0: long. We're like,
2: oh, man, this town, you know, all these towns. I'm trying to get to the desert here. Well,
0: yes, like the opposite. Yes. Yeah. And, like, people uh, walking on the Appalachian Trail say that, like, you know, you better get ready because you're, you're not going to see another village for, like, two weeks. So you better get your stuff in right. order. Yeah.
2: Um, when I meet people camping, I mean, it's really – there's never been a better time to camp. But all these, like – I've met people who who are contractors or plumbers or, like, digital nomads who um, just don't pay rent and live in the – they've converted the back of their truck to, to be a sleeping area or they have a trailer and they have a dog uh, or a cat, and they, like, work and make money. And they're like, yeah, in the winter, like, I rent a place, but in the summer I just do this, and I save a ton of money, and I have tons of funds. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Denver is filled with crazy drivers. I think everyone's is filled with crazy drivers because of what we talked about. But, um, yeah, I get – I'm getting, like, more and more – like I, I, I'm getting closer and closer to like p- having an accident. Meaning, people keep running red lights and trying to T-bone me. People keep going the wrong way on fucking 20th Street because the, it, it, it's a two-way and then it turns into a one-way. Denver is filled with really poor street and, and unintuitive street layouts.
1: And so right. Two ways
2: turn into one ways at 40 miles an hour, and um,
0: that's pretty crazy yeah like
2: roads jog in the middle of the city like in the middle of downtown where cars are trying to go 35 40 like the road kind of splits and there's weird things like and it's just it seems like the the universe is like dude you are getting closer and closer because these drivers are crazy and now i understand people who like get panic attacks or get paranoid while driving or say like i don't drive at night or say like i don't drive anymore or you have to like Eva has a friend who's like, "Yeah, I'll hang out, but you have to come pick me up because um, <laughs> yeah, so I will not drive." Yeah, I mean, I kind of had a I little bit of sympathy.
0: PTSD after my accident. <laughs> yeah, I totally have more sympathy for that. So it's crazy out there. Yeah, like there, like probably the week after my accident, I would be driving, and then just like out of nowhere, I would just like feel kind of just like uh like the shadow of that impact, just like kind of remember yeah. what it felt like that impact. <sighs> Like, well, that was, that was weird. And then it would obviously go away because it wasn't that traumatic. But I can imagine, like, for something extremely traumatic, like going to war or something like that, it must be fucking absurd. Dude, that's
2: why Ralphie May had, like, lifelong addiction problems. I'm pretty sure that's what he attributed it to. He had this horrible car accident when he was a kid. And he, like, broke a ton of bones. And that, like, led to his life, like, completely spinning, like, his his problems with addiction and food came from
0: that yeah so crazy yeah
2: yeah so um go see somebody you're sick no but that's uh i feel for you man that's that's scary so totally totally an expected thing i guess to, to have those like weird
0: feelings yeah yeah, pretty crazy. Just thinking about how fast everybody's going all the time when you're driving, just people not paying attention, just looking around. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: so any other thoughts or comments on the uh on the, the car thing? Jeez. I have one more question.
0: Well I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take good care of this car now. <laughs> Because I'm probably not going to get a new one for a long time. Yeah. That is
2: my question. What, it's the same year, you said, or just a different year of a Toyota? Or
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's literally the same car. Just I had the S before, the Sport, so it had, like, the spoiler on the back and, like, the body kit and, like, the upgraded right. interior, sunroof. Um, now it's just the LE, so it's just, like, still has, like, a touchscreen display and, like, stuff like that. It's still real nice. It's just not, like, the upgraded model. Right. Yeah. Well, but I like it a lot. Yeah, it gets you from A to B. Yeah. And, like, if I maybe if it was five years ago, I would be upset. Well, not upset, but just, like, bummed out that I got, like, downgraded a little bit. But I feel like at this point in my life, I kind of like not having, like, the spoiler in the body kit. Like, it looks more like a, like a low-profile sedan. And I'm just like, okay, I like that. Well, I think change is nice. You know,
2: like anytime you get something yeah. new that's a little different, it's like oh, I kind of like this. This is cool.
0: Yeah, it's like let's let me focus on the things that I like about it and not the things that I miss about the old one because it's irrelevant. Yeah, totally. And um, you know,
2: car it's it's a thing to get you from A to B. You'll probably actually save a couple uh couple ducats on the uh, on the gas mileage.
0: Yeah, I think it does get a little bit. I was getting forty miles per gallon on the highway. When I was driving it home from the dealership, I was like, oh, yeah, this is nice. I was hoping I could get a hybrid like we were talking about, but there was nothing really in my price range under like 130,000 miles. This only has 85,000 on it. That's not like that.
2: Yeah, that's the next step, but that'll that'll be a few years down the road.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm holding out for the self-driving cars. Give me one of those so I can play guitar in the back seat while I go from my destination to <laughs> <or> wherever. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, th- just think about the increase in productivity that the human species will feel once our time is freed up in the car. It it It's
2: – the amount of time people spend commuting is uh, quite a lot. Yeah,
0: sure. especially in like L.A. and New York where you're stuck in traffic for an extra 45 minutes to an hour every single day.
2: Yeah, it's not fun and it's just getting, you know – just getting worse people are moving to cities more and more denver is just really bad with traffic i it's not as bad as dc or new york or anywhere i've lived but uh everyone here complains about it and i was in new mexico santa fe for uh and albuquerque for thanksgiving and there's not too much traffic there because there's not too much industry. people don't move there so right. my god I bet, I bet denver was like this like 30 years ago
0: Yeah, Boston was real crazy with drivers, also. That that was the worst drivers I've ever experienced in my life in Boston. People just like pulling out without looking, just backing out of driveways in the middle of freaking highways, and it was insane. And I'm glad Angel was there to experience it with me so I know that I wasn't crazy, but uh, the amount of times that I almost got hit in Boston was like more than all of my other driving experience combined. I saw a post
2: that you had about that, and that is so funny. And I've heard that. Even says the same thing. I've heard it from multiple sources now. And that is that is what pe- people have a kind of a zero fucks given. And and uh, it's
0: like it's beyond. It's be it's like negative fucks. Like they're trying to just fucking like let me just pull out of here. It's just like they're people taking just get fucks.
2: They're ta- not only do they have zero fucks to give, they're taking your fucks. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like that seems like a dangerous move to make, but I'm gonna make it just to prove that I could do it. huh.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. A, a little, like, bravado, like, machismo. Like, I'm going for it. Like, this is... Yeah, men and women.
0: Any any and all sexes we're, uh, were driving, like, fucking mad people.
2: Well, even I... I talk about this a lot, um, how I think that people... People think that their driving is, like, an extension of who they are, like, emotionally. Or it's just that that's how people... People act like their cars are, like, an extension of their emotional body. And they just – that's what road rage is, you know. And I, I just think the psychology of driving is weird where – or interesting where if you're in the left lane, somebody's going to speed up on your ass until you get over to the middle lane, and then magically their speed will reduce because they realize that they're, like, speeding crazily. And <laughs> yeah, that happens every single time. They get up on your ass, even though you're going fifteen miles an hour over the speed limit. they say, Okay. You get around the car, you get over in the middle lane and then they go, Holy shit, I'm going twenty miles an hour over the speed limit. I better <laughs> And it's like, You're you're an idiot. Um
0: Yeah. I like driving in the middle lane when there's three lanes. I don't know, is that weird? I, I like driving in the middle, like if I want I can go to the right. If I want I can go to the left, but I'll just stay in the middle.
2: You know, I'm so down, I'm I really am a
0: middle lane driver. It's not the way it's supposed to be, you
2: know, ideally, the way the Germans do it. Those fucking Germans do everything so efficiently. You know, you're supposed to stay for the right unless you pass, and it creates this beautiful kind of symphony of movement and, and efficiency. But when like when everybody guys. else is an idiot, the thing is like that works only if everybody does it. And there's a game, just Theory like democracy,
0: to it. just like democracy.
2: I suppose, yeah, yeah, it is like democracy. You can't have. 50% participation in the highway driving rules.
0: Um, so just <laughs> yeah, That's a very good analogy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, you need 100% buy-in. It's total game theory because in the U.S. you have people driving slow in the middle lane or in the left lane, and you're like, well, well okay, I'm going to go fast, and I'm going to have to go around you now in the right lane. And you just, you're doing, I'm, I end up doing the wrong thing, but it's like, what, what do you want me to do? Try and do the right thing and and not pass people like an asshole. Come on.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of a uh, lot of strategy going into planning of the routes. Like I think it's it's either UPS or FedEx, but when they give their drivers delivery routes, they try to as much as possible omit any left turns because they spend the most amount of time idling and burning gas waiting to make a left turn. So if they have to make a driver take three right turns instead of a left turn, they do that. Um, because in the end it's gonna save them time and gas. Yeah, I love that,
2: by the way, and I feel like they have some like genius genius person on the uh on the autism spectrum like locked in a cage that they're like feeding feeding uh I don't know, unlimited pills or something and like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like wh- whatever whatever insane person thought of that idea <laughs> it's like
0: Well that's that's just Adderall. <laughs> that's the unlimited yeah. pill.
2: Yeah, exactly. I guess that person is on a lot of Adderall. He thought of the, I got it, all right turns. That's like such a cocaine fucking idea. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, there's
0: order, a, there's a we're going no left turns. That's going to be our biggest bottle. Yeah. Like, what? No left. It's like a Seinfeld episode. No left,
2: Jerry, no left. We're not going to take a single left. It's going to be all right. Yeah, that's, that's, you're so right, because I was watching an old Seinfeld where he... They try the bottle refund recycling thing where they drive to Michigan and it can't be done. On the map, and they go on Mother's Day because the post office has an extra truck. Anyway, humor. <laughs>
0: that feels great.
2: So fucking good. I've been watching this show on YouTube called Teens React. They also have Elders React, and so they just show. Oh yeah, like, I have seen that. They just like throw them a pair of Janko jeans, and they're like. Tuh. What are your questions <laughs> um, that they uh they were showing some teens Seinfeld, and it is really a male centric show it's like very although when when Elaine brings up she periodically brings up feminist ideas, George doesn't react them I mean uh, Jerry doesn't react in the negative way, he's like, oh, interesting, like he's like, yeah, I never heard of that. um and uh they portray it whenever like Elaine will sometimes talk about abortion or talk about vegetarianism or talk about like super progressive ideas and they never, I don't know, it's like, it's a pretty, it's a neutral if not positive view of that, but it's a pretty male-centric show, but I freaking love it. I just love that show so much. Oh, yeah, and
0: Elaine was like, is like one of the strongest female characters of all time in like sitcoms, you know what I mean? Like she's, you know, super independent and super does not give a fuck what anybody else says and just like, is as competitive as any of the other guys on the show. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, she's yeah, she's hilarious. Yes, absolutely. She stands on her own right
0: or whatever. But, yeah,
2: I uh, freaking love that show. I, I, I love Hulu for that reason. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: and she was – I mean, she's way more functional than most of the male characters on the show, too. Like, George living with his parents and Kramer being, like, insane –
2: yeah, Kramer it has no, never has a job except for Kramerica. and he's and He goes to he goes to California to do some acting. But um yeah, you're right. It's uh Elaine and and Jerry are the ones and, and Jerry says, always says like I had never had a job and he's obsessed with uh uh what is it, uh superheroes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, what a great show.
2: Mm-hmm. Um there was one episode where Jerry's dating a girl that has this amazing toy collection, these little doll figurines and action figures. And he's like, oh, my God. And he, like, goes to play with them. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to the bathroom to put in the bathtub, like, whatever the the (laughs) – Yeah. And she's like, that's – she's like, this collection's worth, like, a million dollars. Like, this is – you can't do that. And he's like, okay. And they're, like, sitting down on the couch watching TV later, and he's like – eyeing the toys and he can't get yes, his hands yes. off of it. And it's an illusion like it's it's an illusion to sexual misconduct. And at first I didn't realize that but it's like Jerry can't keep his hands to himself and he has to help himself kind of thing to her toys. Yeah. And um and she asked to get her some medicine. She's like feeling she's like feeling stuffy or whatever. So he goes to the medicine cabinet and he's like there's two kinds and he's reading one label, and in his mind it's, like, non-drowsy. And this one's, like, drowsy. He's, like, Ooh. <laughs> And it's, like, oh, my god! and I think this is hilarious because it's not about sex. Um, it's about him playing his superhero toys. And, like, he's trying to get her to sleep. Like, he's on a date with this, like, sexy woman, and he's, like, trying to get her to sleep so that he can play with her dolls. And I think that's hilarious. And I'm like a pretty person that <laughs> I understand the 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 undertone, but like I don't know. These teens were watching it, and they were like, "I don't think this would fly today." And they're like, "This is crazy. This is gross."
0: I'm like, "Oh, oh." What say you? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I think it it speaks to the fact that there's more to it than just sex. You know what I mean? That sometimes just want to like play with some toys. Yeah,
2: I, and maybe that's what feminists don't like about it. They're like, it's about male dominance over females. And I'm like, ah,
0: this is about
2: like a child. But the, but that's I guess also what rape culture is about. Like these are these were just boys. But that's why it's so funny. Like I don't know. I think that the art. Because like, it's like it's, it's so separate. innocuous.
0: Like he just wants to play with the toys.
2: Yeah, like I think the art separated it enough to make it funny. Like it's not close enough to home. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of women talk about how they hate wedding. They can't watch Wedding Crashers because of the male, the male on male rape scene. And I thought that was hilarious. And now I, I guess I don't laugh at it anymore. But I, I still thought it was hilarious at the time. I want to remember Vince Vaughn getting tied down in a bed by like the gay son of the woman or the gay Oh mother. yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. And yeah, I was trying to like, think what you were talking about. Yeah. And also, I guess they, yeah. Um, and also, no, they
2: don't like. I guess they don't like the forced upon, like, the under the table hand job. I guess people think of like sexual assault, but because it's a man, like, I I thought it was funny, but apparently that's like not okay. I don't know. I still need that explained to me. But usually, once somebody explains it to me in the right way, I'm like, okay, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if yeah, if the roles were if. The genders were reversed. It definitely would be a way different scene, you know, as taken by people in the audience. Um, but, I mean, as a man, I find her giving him, like, a forceful hand job under the table at a family dinner hilarious. Yeah,
2: I think because, yeah, because we, like, because we are different, because men have had the dominant position in society, like, Men view sex differently. We also view our bodies differently. And we also view our relationship with the opposite sex differently. You know what I mean? Like, because we are physically bigger, I've never I've never been alone with a woman and have had to feel on guard. You know what I mean? That has never been the situation for me. And a woman has to feel that way just know, if she doesn't know the person. Um, and so because of that... Probably informs my sexual appetite differently, you know. It probably allows me to like be be more liberal with my genitals and be and be like, yeah, fuck it, like jerk me off, like who okay. <laughs> you know. Uh, I think that our like our privilege changes the way that we relate to our own bodies. So I think maybe, yeah, like as a feminist, I don't think that's that bad maybe as like a person who should respect my own body that's bad like maybe maybe uh a, like I should have more respect for my own body and for other men's bodies um but in terms of like a I don't know a, it's a, it's a weird subject but I I I thought that part was funny and, and who knows
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's also it's also uh, a movie you know what i mean so it's like I can only get so mad at it because it's a movie, and yeah, it also maybe has something to do with inner space versus outer space. Like a girl like jerking off a guy is just like outside, but a guy like fingering a girl is inside. I mean, I think there, yeah,
2: there's symbolism there that can carry over and have meaning. Yeah. I mean,
0: I don't. I probably wouldn't want a girl to done. like stick her fingers in my ass or like down my throat. You know.
2: Yeah unless you like
0: that. Yeah. But even
2: if you like that maybe if maybe you wouldn't want that force on you. I don't know. Anyway, I think these are topics where like I think this is so progressive. I think this is shit where like a hundred years from now or fifty years from now people will look back on that scene and think a different way. Like I don't th- like um yeah, I don't think that this is it's so far in the future, I don't think it's really an issue that that is that important. <laughs> That's what
0: I like yeah, that. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely older movies that don't age as well. Like, I'm sure if I watched American Pie, that would probably be much more awkward. Um, mm-hmm. as opposed to like watching it when it came out, like in 2000 or whatever. Um, you know, what's Jason Diggs was a star.
2: Oh. Yeah, you know what's bad is 40 year old Virgin Um, and and a lot of movies that came out around then, like in the mid 2000s, because there's there's like whole scenes where it's Paul Rudd. You know, it's like you know how I know you're gay. I'm like, you know how like just just being gay was thought of as a funny and b like something that is not
0: not desirable. If you if
2: in, unless you are that like like it's it's undesirable right. It was undesirable for a straight person to be confused as gay, um, and so yeah, there was just kind of undertones that these days were like that's not cool anymore. Not that, like, any of that was malicious or that it's even malicious today. It's just, like, we know what this perpetuates, and we know, like, that how it makes people feel. You know, that's a big part of it. And, uh, and we're just like, eh, you don't need – you can be funny without that. We've, we've found out that throughout the ages. Right. Um, well, that was a good – that was a good tangent. I I want to uh, – do you have any other thoughts on that? Because I want to talk about your wedding.
0: So if – here's a question. If you could flip a switch and instantly be 100% bisexual, like attracted to all people of all genders, okay. like, non-discriminately, would you flip that switch?
2: Yeah. Yeah, of course. Would. Yeah. Yeah, so would I. There'd be no I, reason not to. I had this conversation with um, a gay dude in college. In my fraternity room, and then he, he decided to like start hitting on me. Like he took that as a sign where he, like, <laughs> "So do you want to try to have sex with me right now?" And I'm like, ah, "So do you
0: want the switch or not?" <laughs>
2: I was like, "No, I was, I, I was like, no, I want to, dude. I'm not saying that I want to. I'm like, I'm saying I wish that I wish I had that urge. I'm not saying I had that urge. Like, don't you get yeah. it? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're not listening to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like wishing you liked the food that you really disliked."
2: Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I wish I loved eating insects from the ground outside. Yeah. Because that would be so sustainable. But I don't. I don't like that. It's like Please, leaves off tree. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm.
0: And that's, that's totally. that could be that could be talked about in the negative also. Like, um, you ever see the the show The Good Doctor on Netflix? No. no. Um. I don't watch it, but Angel does, and it's got the, the kid from Bates Motel who played uh, Norman Bates. I don't know if you saw that. Um, um, I did see, I mean, I saw Psycho. I didn't see that other thing. Yeah, Bates Motel was just like a, like three or four or five seasons on Netflix. It was a good show. But anyway, so with Tira
2: um, Farmiga. Okay, sorry, go
0: anyway Yeah, anyway, um, oh, what, what were we just talking about to get us into this? Uh, being bisexual. Oh, the good the good doctor? Um, oh, but why did I bring that up? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um on the show today, Angel was watching it and there was this uh guy who came in um who was trying to get these drugs to kill his sex drive because he was having uh like pedophilic thoughts, um oh, like really intense like desires to like have sex with children. Um the anti Viagra. The Niagara. Yeah, yeah, so he came in trying to get more of the medicine, like lying to them to try to get more of it, and they, they figured out what was going on, and they were like, we can't, we can't give you this medicine, we can only, we can only send you like counseling, because this medicine is not like, like, you can't just take whatever medicine you want. So, he was like, you don't understand, like, I'm having these desires, whatever, so he leaves. He comes back like two days later, he tried to cut his balls off, to, uh, stop his body from producing testosterone, Mm -hmm. uh, but, but he did not succeed. And he was like, he was like, listen. He's like, you don't know what it's like to live with these thoughts, like, and and all the episodes of The Good Doctor are based on true stories, which I just found out today. Um, so the doctor, but, uh, so the
2: doctor was like, we uh, we were unable to save your your balls, but the good news is we were able to put bigger, stronger balls on there, <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Robotic <laughs> balls
0: that increase testosterone. <laughs>
2: these are the strongest testicles we've found. <laughs> oh, yeah, hope you hope you're
0: grateful. But uh, but yeah, he didn't succeed, and he ended up uh, jumping in front of a bus in front of the hospital and killing himself oh, because shit. he just yeah he said he said everything was fine until his sister had kids and he's like I can't be around the kids and he's like it's real fucked up and he's like I just that's I just, fucked up yeah it's pretty fucked up
2: Sounds like he's not a good doctor contrary to that.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, yeah that's an interesting conversation. It's just like, what do we do with pedophiles?
2: We castrate them. Castrate them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what he wanted, but they wouldn't do it because they said uh, they can't just perform, like, elective ball chopping.
2: Um, what do you do with pedophiles? Well, what's – have they – are we – like, I think there's two camps. I think there's the ones that have not – I guess you're you're not a pedophile until you've done something, right? Um, Yeah, I'm getting into into minority report. I'm getting into precogs. Right, right. You were were planning on being a pedophile, like, next
0: Tuesday. It's like you have the – yeah, yeah. He says to the the female doctor, he's like, are you attracted to men? And she said, yes. And he goes, okay, well, imagine if being attracted to men was, like, forbidden and, like, horrible. He's like, "Do you think you could stop? And he's like, that's how I feel, like, every day, all the time. And he's like, I can't take it anymore. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. It humanizes it a lot.
2: Maybe if like, well, priests had to stop having sex with women, so they started diddling little boys. So what if pedophiles had to stop diddling little boys and they ended up having sex with women? With priests. <laughs> with priests. <they laughs> yeah. ended up having sex with priests. What's the conversion rate on priests to boys? <laughs> Oh boy! See, I mean, we can—you can still make some things funny. Uh, see, that was a math joke, not a pedophile joke. <laughs> right. Uh, that was a transitive property. That was strictly transitive property humor. <laughs> yeah, that's that's okay. <laughs> Holy shit! We we have fun, don't we?
0: Yeah. So nobody <laughs> knows know. where the, where the pedophiles go.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 what to do with the pedophiles. So we can't yeah, castrate but, them, like, forcibly. I have a bit of an authoritarian bent to me, Lee, like an authoritarian socialism, but but I think everybody has an authoritarian bent to them, like they want somebody to just fucking take care of the problems.
0: Just, yeah, we just want a little bit
2: of order. Dude, totally. It is totally an, uh, an, an impulse, like an energy inside of us that yeah so we want well, uh, bring things to order cause I to quickly. oh yeah, Dude, we, we created um <laughs> but um, what to, i I guess, yeah, that's why I'm saying, like can we indoctrinate what if we made them can we make them like soldiers, can we turn them into super soldiers, like channel all that? all that sexual energy into murderous rage can is there like ch- something...
0: but so you want to create a giant race of child fucking super soldiers is what you're saying?
2: <laughs> no, I mean well I was trying to think of like who's quarantined. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of on the base I don't know.
0: But there's no children on the base, is what you're saying.
2: Uh correct. This is this is a <laughs> Creep, barracks. You know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess you would. uh, Maybe voluntary chemical castration. You know what I mean? Like this guy from the the good doctor. He was like, "Please, just like castrate me," and they said they couldn't do it.
2: Okay, this is a really gross question, but I'm now I'm wondering if if sex dolls that are shaped like boys are (laughs) legal or not.
0: I mean, oh it's, God, this it's is definitely really better than the real thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's definitely way
0: better than the real thing. It's just like an it's, army of like it's, self-aware it's, child sex dolls.
2: This is getting, this is getting really, really. I mean, bad. this is this is straight <laughs> teacher talk right here. <laughs> we've gone, we've gone to such a dark place.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's a dark place. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a real it's a real problem.
2: Fuck that, good doctor. Fucking, <laughs> fucking, right. fucking up. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, these are these are some <laughs> some weird questions, but I was thinking more that the sex dolls would be soldiers, and we would send that to the front lines.
0: Um, the, the sex dolls would be soldiers.
2: Listen, this is a this is another topic, but I always said the best way to beat the terrorists would be to give them um, credit cards and give them jobs and like put them in debt and <laughs> they would stop like jihading and they would start they'd be like I'll get to that jihad but I gotta fucking work down this debt. Um I think that would do, because you'd just buy some stuff, like you'd buy an air conditioning, and you'd buy a phone and you'd buy some nice shit, some nice clothes. And then all of a sudden it's like, ah like, I'm pretty comfortable, you know, I got Wi Fi. Also I have work tomorrow. You know, like shit kind of gets in the way of jihading when you have stuff and you have debt.
0: So yeah, I I heard a comedian say take all the terrorists and move them to like a tropical, like paradise area, like South America or something, because terrorists don't come from like beautiful rainforests where like there's plenty of food and like sunshine all the time. They come from like shitty like sand and like deserts.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean some some of those some of them come from beautiful mountains, but like. They're dry as hell, and like, mountains aren't really. Like, desert mountains are not (laughs) the most hospitable place.
0: Yeah, not the best place for humans. So.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, that's funny. Well, I, I really, I gotta, I gotta get into your wedding. We gotta get into this. Get it. Um, I, growing up, I. On TV, there were commercials for the Mount Airy Lodge. All you have to bring is your love of everything. Beautiful Mount Airy Lodge. So those, my homies in New York and Jersey will know that one. But um, (laughs) that was, that was like what your wedding venue reminded me of. It was was the Pennsylvania version of that because the Pocono, I mean, the Mount Airy Lodge is in New York and the Catskills. And this was Ooh. in Poconos. And uh, the trees were turning a little bit, which was nice. But um, tell, me, tell me, sir, what, how long has – when, when – what's the distance between the proposal, between you bending knee and you walking down the aisle? Do you know, like, the time different? I mean, the, the, the time? It was, yeah. uh, it was,
0: it was two years. Um, I proposed during our housewarming party when we moved into our house that we're currently in. Uh, it was two
2: Aww.
0: yeah it was two summers ago and then we got married in october so it was like mm-hmm. so like two a little less than two and a half years afterwards so mm-hmm. ah. we were, we've been together for 7 years now
2: wow so you so it was your housewarming party and i guess your families were there your friends, friends? Wow. um it was mostly
0: it was mostly friends um I had to do it later at night because, um, Angel's best friend and, uh, maid of honor, you know, post, post, uh, proposal maid of honor, um, couldn't get off of work until like 8 or 9 o'clock at night, so I had to wait until way later. But, um, everybody was inside and we had a fire pit outside and I was going to do it out there. And so, me and like five other people started the fire and I came inside and I was like, hey, everybody, like, start the fire pit, like, let's all go outside. And just like nobody's paying attention, like people are watching T V and just like talking, I'm like,
2: Hey guys, do they uh
0: come out to the fire pit? Like, who wants to come outside? And, like nobody's paying attention, nobody's listening, and I'm I'm thinking like, How the fuck am I gonna get everybody outside for this? And I just say, Hey guys, everybody come outside, I got a surprise and everybody just like looks around at each other and then just immediately gets up and comes outside and then uh I did it out there. Yeah. <laughs> But, hey, everybody!
2: I'm gonna take a shit outside. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, how am I gonna get, to get everybody to pay
0: attention? Yep.
2: Wow. Um, well, I, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say you when you said like, oh, I, I, you know, pr- proposed to her at our housewarming party, but she was she was taking a shit in the bathroom before <laughs> before the party.
0: So. Yeah, I was trying to. You know, she didn't obviously know that was gonna happen, so. I was trying to get her to not drink too much because I didn't want her to be, like, real wasted when I was proposing, obviously. So the only person that knew was this girl, Melissa, um, who she, I didn't want anybody to know who didn't have to know. Um, so Melissa, her friend is the one who works at the jewelry store who, like, hooked me up with everything. So she was the only one that knew it was happening because she was in it for the ring. Um, so the entire Someone night. in it for the ring. Yeah, yeah. So, the entire night, Melissa's trying to get her to not drink, and then everyone else is just trying to get her to, like, do shots and, like, take drinks because it's, like, housewarming <laughs> party oh, so. <laughs> yeah, so, the entire time, like, everyone's giving her drinks, and Melissa's like, hey, like, let's not do that. Let's go over here. And Angel was wearing a real nice dress, and then she, at one point, she was like, I'm going to I'm gonna get changed and, like, put on, like, sweatpants and, like, a sweatshirt. And Melissa's like, no, I, like, definitely don't do that. Like,
2: you should probably stay in your dress. Uh, but oh, So, God. it was
0: just. Yeah, it was just the push and pull of that on that was really funny to watch. She, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, let's do shots of lemonade. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, let's not let's not do that.
2: Yeah. Let's do uh hey, do you want uh, bread, bread, if you want bread? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Crackers. Near <They're> the crackers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: uh,
0: man. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so uh when did the wedding planning come into come into effect?
0: Um, 15 seconds after I proposed to her is what she started planning oh really yeah I mean she she uh, DIY'd like all the decorations and stuff um, right. all like rusty themed so she started she literally started doing that probably a week or two after I proposed to Sometimes I forget that my family is very calm um, because, you know, I work in food service and, you know, I have a lot of friends and play music with a lot of people who have a lot of crazy people in their lives. So sometimes I forget that my family is very, like, calm and normal um, and not drama-starting. Uh, so that's always nice to remember when everybody gets together and everyone's just happy. And I don't really have to worry about, like, people getting in fights or, like, not getting along or this person's not talking to that person. Um so everybody, I feel like everybody just had a great time the whole time. It was very easy, and uh, yeah, yeah, I we just agree. Got all the, all the pictures back, yeah. We just got all the pictures back. Everything's looking right. nice. So we're posting them, yeah.
2: And um, what did you? You had guests sign a couple things, right?
0: Um. We had like this little—I thought it was Plinko from like The Price Is Right when she first showed it to me—but it's like a big, uh, like window box, uh, mm-hmm. and there's a little slot at the top, and you find little hearts and throw them in there. Um, so people just pass them. We were we were reading them, and some of them say like, "Lee is stupid," <laughs> like stuff like that. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's good." Nice. Um, did you did you by any chance
2: come across one? where uh the 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 box itself becomes sentient
0: the box becomes sentient i don't think so Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to read you got to read it
2: <laughs> i think i forget what i wrote i i hate to be breaking it. i was hoping that like a year down the road you'd read this but i'm breaking it to you now it's something like it's something like um Please help me. I am a I am a wooden heart that has become that has become self aware. Please get me <laughs> out of this box. This is not a joke. Please help. S.O.S. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's really funny. I'm glad you told me because I probably would not have found that for very many years.
2: <laughs> it's like it has become magically self aware or something like that.
0: That's, that's awesome. Yeah.
2: And then you also had a big plank, like a big board like a big wooden thing that you had everybody sign, which I thought was cool.
0: Yes, yeah, that big slab of wood. Yes. Big old slab of wood. I guess you didn't read, I guess
2: you still, you need to write read mine for that, because I have.
0: Yeah, I need to to go through these and read them. I have not really done that.
2: Uh, Dude, you got to, I may have left some funny stuff for the heart one, too, for the, I, I think I left three hearts. I dropped three hearts in there. But two of them might have been like legit, and then the one of them might have been that, Please help me. Um,
0: that's amazing.
2: But for the, you had like this this really cool um, kind of piece of wood, this kind of plank um, that people could write on, and I think you you the request was like please write write your best wishes for us or something like that, um, like what you hope for our marriage. And so yeah, you got to read it because I took it upon myself to try and cram as many uh, would puns as possible in the United States. A lot of, so I was like, you know, and inst- like I knew you would be happy together. W O O
0: D. And <laughs> you um, know what? I, I might
2: know. have I
0: might have seen this. I might have read this. But it sounds very <laughs> familiar.
2: And I'm like, I know you'll never be bored with each other, and I know you'll always <laughs> walk the plank. And, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah never- I definitely read that. And even when you're, whether you're going with the grain or against the grain.
0: <laughs>
2: I crammed, like, seven or eight puns. I was so fucking proud of myself to, like, bomb your special moment. <laughs> I just have to fucking piss all over everything.
0: Yeah, that's right. I don't know if you noticed the flower girls during the ceremony. I had two flower girls, uh, two of my nieces. And the one was very happy to be walking and throwing the pedals, and the other was just hysterically crying the second she stepped out
2: onto the yeah. the path. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, very it was funny. Big. It was incredible. Well, first of all, the little girl who was happy, she is the happiest person that anybody's ever been, ever.
0: Yep, that's Clementine, yep. She's like the Buddha.
2: Um, and so she was just and, – and also – I think her, the best night of her life was your wedding as well.
0: Yep, because I agree.
2: She's just like, everybody's got <laughs> <Like, laughs> she was just so happy.
0: Yeah, she had a great time.
2: Now, let me ask you, was who is the better table? Are you the, the bridesmaids or the, the table seven?
0: I would have to say table seven. I think you'd have to. I think you'd have to say table seven. I mean, yes. I'd have
2: to deal with it. I'm sure if it was a contest on who are the better people, we might have to go with the bridesmaid.
0: <laughs> Most appropriate conversations, probably the bridesmaid, but maybe not.
2: Oh my god! Second, what's his name? I forget that that beautiful son of a bitch and his um, and his and his wife, who I all she is fucking amazing. Oh, Donnie and Harry. Um, yeah, Don, and Donnie. She, like, one of them comes up to me and they're like, and they're like can you tell that I'm on Molly? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, but this is all making so much more sense now. Yep. And then, I didn't find out uh, until
0: very much later in the night.
2: There was, like, some slow dance going on. And I'm like... I elbow, I'm elbowing, Evo, Evo, look at what's going on right now. And they're just, because it's a slow song, so they're just slowly (laughs) doing this, like, interpretive, you know, like, I'm on Molly fucking dance. (laughs) It 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 looked like, it looked like a PSA for why you shouldn't do (laughs) drugs. It was the funniest, most stereotypical dancing. And so I was so happy. And um, yeah, yeah, they were having a great time. Um, Anthony was Anthony was the star of the night, Just
0: having a great time. <sighs> yeah, and then after you guys left, there was like a seven-piece uh, like funk cover band that played inside the resort, and we literally like danced. And there were like ten of us, and we danced to them until like four in the morning.
2: Oh. I would have totally been dancing with you guys. Damn.
0: Yeah, Jack ordered, like, four bottles of champagne. beside him like, the front row. There was a stand-up comedian that went on before them, and uh, Angel's sister got, like, real fucked up and was, like, heckling him. It was so <laughs> ridiculous. Like, we're in the front row, and she's heckling him. And she's, like, real drunk. Oh, my God, it was so ridiculous. She fell off the chair.
2: Oh, my God, I can't believe I yeah, yeah. this.
0: Yeah, and then the band came on and Jack got champagne and, and we were all just like dancing until like four in the morning when the band's finished.
2: Gee, this is why I did not want to stay far away. I was like, ah, but I might miss something. We might stay up until two. Yeah. Oh, well. Fucking A. Well, that's great. That's the stuff I miss. At Kyle's wedding a bunch of years ago, we did Trust Falls uh, late at night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's about the difference between our our personalities. Yep.
2: Well, I, well. To be fair, that was my idea. Did you trust me? Okay. <laughs> well, what happened that's was we way. were all at the, were, we were all at a la quinta. That's where everybody stayed. La quinta. La quinta. La quinta. So, cause that's like the most Kyle, fucking hotel. Like, dude, it's reasonable. Dude, it's it's pri- it's like so practical. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it's clean, man. They hey, they just updated their showers. Like, he knows. Um, but they didn't have a bar because again, this is the most Kyle hotel ever, no bar. Mm And in in Danbury, Connecticut, there's an Outback Steakhouse that closes it open. But anyway, they, so they put us in a conference room. (laughs) Like you can have, you can have this conference room essentially. And so we hung out and so we got in this conference room and immediately I'm like, all right, we need an agenda. So I started writing like tonight's agenda. (laughs) <laughs> and I start, I start with trust falls and then I, I put. like And then also like item number five, I put like secrets or something like that. And I had some other, <laughs> some other people filled some stuff in. So, yeah, you know, weddings are fun. Hey,
0: you got to have an agenda. Yeah.
2: Oh man, that was such a fun wedding. I really had a great time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had a super great time. And then I got to stay in that crazy hotel room. And did I, did I tell you about the hotel room that we stayed in? No. Um, it was. In, I've never seen anything like it. So there's a giant champagne glass jacuzzi that's two stories <laughs> tall. You have to get in it. It's like a. It's like a split level room. So you walk in, and to the left, there's couches and a fireplace, and the giant champagne jacuzzi. You can see from down there. Immediately to the right is a closed-in room, but the, the whole wall is glass. And inside is a private pool. And then down like to, uh, down and around the corner, there's a massage table and a sauna, like a, a stone-heat sauna.
2: Yeah. So that's in, like,
0: a little separate room. So you're coming to the front door. That's to the right, the the couches and the stem of the giant jacuzzis here to your left. You go, like, up this little split stairs, and then up to the right, is the bed. It's a giant circular bed with mirrors all over the ceiling and all over the walls because it's a couple's resort. Yeah, it's a box um, bed. Right, right. And then to the left, you go into uh, the bathroom, and through the bathroom there's a shower, and then there's the entrance to the top of the champagne jacuzzi. And then to the left of that uh, is the bathroom. That's it. <laughs> I thought there was something else but there. Um so, yeah, the, but the pool room was the most ridiculous. It was a heart-shaped heated pool, um, and it was just like the humidity was like, you know, 95%, and the pool is like 100 degrees, and there's the sauna in there. But once we turned the steam up for the sauna, we looked at the <laughs> inside of the door, and there was very clearly ass and titty marks in steam oh. on the door that were not wiped off from the last person that stayed there. Ass
2: and titties. Ass and titties. Yeah, yeah. Like, you you clearly
0: see the cheeks, like, imprinted in the steam, and, like, the tits, like, right above that. So ridiculous. That sounds like,
2: again, that it was intentional, but I guess not. I guess there's just ass and titties all over that place. You're bound to get them flush against the glass. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was pretty ridiculous, but
2: well, actually, you're wrong, Lee. That's actually their sponges are shaped like asses and titties. (laughs) (laughs) Everything, dude. No, the the chambermaids clean with their asses and
0: titties. (laughs) It's only fair.
2: And uh, what about the gift shops? You guys go to the gift shop at all?
0: I did not go to the gift shop, but I got reports of people who did go to the gift shop, and apparently inside the gift shop was a whole lot of dildos. Dude, so many ball to ball,
2: like door buster dildos. Um,
0: yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, that's a great Black Friday deals, Black Dildo Friday. <laughs>
0: um,
2: but no, they also had uh, a Black had Friday. Really, they had some really tasteful cock rings as well um Okay. I've never delved into that, but they also had one that they had something I had never seen or heard of. They called it a truck tire, and <laughs> it looked like a big, thick jelly, like inner tube, um, like but or like a mini donut. It was kind of shaped like a mini donut that size, and it looked like rubbery or 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 like it gave. And so I think you roll it over your cock, and maybe it gets thinner as it goes down your cock. But anyway. Subtire. Um, they had all kinds of whips and shit. I'm sure they had edible panties. But also and they have like sexy, you know, sexy games, sexy card games. And like the dice where it's like lick. And like the other dice where it's like
0: chose. <laughs> that on a chair. Yeah.
2: Circumcise. Uh-oh. <laughs> no. <uh-oh. laughs> My nipple. <laughs> speaking
0: of speaking of circumcision, how do you feel about male circumcision?
2: How do so I feel about it?
0: How do you feel about it?
2: I feel like my penis is more sensitive than it should be. Um, so that's not that's not entirely fun. I remember as a young child, like the, the head of my penis being like painful, um, like almost like like it was so sensitive. Um, so that's not. Not great, not great, Bob. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it keeps it clean. Like I never ever have to worry about schmegma. I never have to worry about like infections or UTIs. Like I don't. It's, it's harder to transmit STDs. Like I can, when I wash my body, my penis gets clean. When I scrub, when I scrub my fucking sack and and uh, and Grendel and uh, bush, like. The penis gets clean by default, by the transitive property again, Another transitive. So, like, you know, like if I had foreskin, I'd have to really dig in there
0: like it was another belly button.
2: And I'm not a fan of digging into my belly button.
0: Yeah, so I guess your motto would be the penis gets cleanest.
2: Yes, but the ears have So ears. Uh,
0: <laughs> But the ears drink beers.
2: What do you think about, what's your stance on the circumcision?
0: I don't really know. I mean, it's like, if we had a bunch of kids and didn't tell them anything about circumcision, would one day they just be like, hey, we should cut this piece of our dicks off? Like, probably not. No, probably not. They'd probably be like, probably are you not. fucking crazy? Yeah, like, why would you cut off my fucking hat, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I have no problems with my dick. Like, I'm fine with it being circumcised. Like... If I wasn't circumcised, I'd probably be fine with that, too. Yeah.
2: I've heard crazy stories, dudes talk, going on and on about how the foreskin is supposed to be there to rub against the G-spot. And it's like, you are just getting so neurotic. Like, you are so <laughs> fucking deep. Like, do you never get laid? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, relax with the, with this whole, like, with level. with that deep like, dick talk. Oh. Yeah, like you're fucking Sherlock Holmes of the vagina. <laughs> um, and it's and it, yeah, it's like I never have to clean this thing. Um I've seen I've seen little kids with uncircumcised penises. It looks like a little elephant little elephant's trunk. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, Sometimes I try to sit back as like a third party and just like look at my gender and just be like, Alright, well like it's pretty cool having a dick, like you can you can aim your piss wherever you want. Makes it pretty easy. Okay.
2: Uh, dude, Dixon, <laughs> that's all. Dixon's testicles are are weird as fuck, man. I gotta tell Super you. Super weird.
0: Super weird. I tell
2: I tell people like, imagine if your if your fucking kidneys were just hanging outside of your body with like this thin like leathery soft bubblegum sack like what the fuck is that that is a design hurt. flaw if I've ever and heard. it hurt hurt real
0: bad when you hit it hurt real bad
2: dude what the fu- all my other organs are behind a thick multi-layered wall of abdomen and like other shit <laughs>
0: right do, do you know do you know why the balls are outside the body
2: If you're going to tell me temperature, I will leap into
0: this phone and strangle you. Is that
2: what you're going to say?
0: I was going to say because sperm can only live at a certain temperature, so it has to be outside the body to keep it at that temperature.
2: Yeah, fuck you, sperm. How long have we been on this earth? Like, how long (laughs) have animals, what, billions of years? You couldn't figure out a way to shove them inside? I, I don't know, man. Is it the one? We get that so sweaty. That? We get so sweaty in there. Dude, it is. It's not not cool. Yeah, what? Fuck you, sperm. What are you so special? You can't evolve. I, you, you, you're not telling me you can't evolve. Oh, bullshit. I'm so done. Um, <laughs> you,
0: ever, you ever see somebody get kicked in a ball the balls with full force?
2: I think I have, but like, God, I am not trying to be on the. The receiving end of that why
0: yeah i i just when i was at a i used to go to day camp and uh one of, this one kid was just like making fun of this one girl um and she was a soccer player we were at like the soccer field um and she just came over and just full force kicked him square in the nuts and he just went so down and he was on the he was on the ground for probably 20 minutes um but yeah. I just don't know how you how you come back from something like that. Like, well, like what do your legs? Yeah. What does your stomach stop stop hurting after that?
2: Well, I've I've thought about this, Leland, and and like we said, it's like if you had kidneys uh, hanging in a bag outside your body. Like, I'm a, a big person, and we both work out. We're both big people. Like, if you punch somebody or kick somebody as hard as they could, like if you punch somebody in the eye hard as you could or in or or kick somebody like i mean a they might honestly die but more than likely things will blow up to an extreme degree and like a hospital visit would like certainly be a potential especially if it's a kick and so and like if you kick somebody in the ribs as hard as you could like that would break a rib and so i'm wondering if you kicked or punched somebody in the balls like that might want a hospital visit that might be like extreme swelling to the point that could cause like permanent damage or the need for amputation, like, like something bad could happen, you know?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, getting hit in the balls is is really the only injury that is like universally thought of as funny, even though it could be serious. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Getting hit on the head with an anvil is like three Stooges shit is not funny anymore, but getting kicked in the balls,
0: good. Yeah, like you see a video of a, of a dad pitching a bottle to a little kid and he hits it with a bat and it goes straight into right. his balls. Like, right. that's universally hilarious. Like, you show that to anyone in any of any, like, you know, nationality that speaks any language, they're going to watch that and just be like, <laughs> you know?
2: So, like, when the aliens land and, like, we it's a rival and we can't communicate with them and we have our version of Rachel of their Adams, balls Amy Adams whatever her name yeah what we what we showed before the linguist gets in there to make first contact we show them the video of somebody getting in the balls <laughs> I guess I guess first we would need the linguist to explain that what testicles are and how we reproduce and <laughs> I think that's the context but yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah gonna hit you right in your seed bag <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, pretty much. Great movie, though.
2: <clears throat> um, should I, I? how you went to Boston, right? Yep. I would love to hear about this little trip. You said drivers are crazy. How long was the drive from where you live?
0: Um, it was like around five hours. Um, it wasn't too bad. It was just it was pretty straight coming from the Poconos. Um. But I'll tell you what, Connecticut, although small, they have their highway game on point. Like every every like five to eight minutes there was a gas station and a Dunkin' Donuts on like the right the right and left sides of the highway. Like you're driving yeah. ten minutes, gas station and Dunkin' Donuts. Another ten minutes, gas station, Dunkin' Donuts. Literally the entire way until we got through the state. Um so that that was uh that was the highlight of Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. Um we we did Airbnb. So we stayed in – this guy, uh, he owned a, a house with, like, two separate apartments in it, one upstairs and one downstairs. So he lived in the one upstairs with his family, and we, we rented out the one downstairs. And it was awesome. It was, like, 15 minutes from the heart of Boston um, for – we went up there, so Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. So four nights and five days, it was $468, um, oh, which awesome. if we did a hotel, it would be, like, you know, probably almost a 1000
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it and was, it was like
0: having our own little apartment in Boston. It was real sweet. Um so it was uh two weeks before Halloween? Or the week before no the week before Halloween. So uh we went to Salem and like uh did like the uh ghost stuff there. Uh so that was pretty cool seeing like we went to the house where uh the movie Hocus Pocus took place in. Uh huh. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um Yeah, crazy-ass drivers. We tried to drive the first night, and literally, we went into downtown Boston to go to dinner, and we drove around for an hour, unable to find parking, and then we just went home. (laughs) We went back to the apartment, I mean, because we just couldn't find parking. Um, It was so ridiculous. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was that that crazy. So if you're going to Boston, take, take the train.
2: Wow. I guess that makes sense. Like, I can picture driving around boston
0: and not funny, <laughs> oh god yeah um we did find this one really cool place it was an asian restaurant but you sit down at the table and there's like a stove top like a digital stove top in the middle of the table and you pick what kind of broth you want out of like five different kinds of broth and they bring it to you in this big pot and then they give you this checklist and there's all different kinds of seafood and like uh Different kinds of meat, different kinds of vegetables, and like mushrooms, weird, like different mushrooms I've never heard of in my life, um, and you just like uh put check marks next to whichever ones you want. It's all you can eat. It's like 35 bucks a person, and they also do sushi, so it's all you can eat sushi also. So you sit down, and they bring you all like the raw meats and the raw seafood, and you cook it in the pot. Um, oh, cool. So, it's, yeah, yeah. So you're basically, you're getting sushi delivered to your table, you're getting like I, I tried like uh like octopus and like all these different kinds of mushrooms and like different kinds of weird noodles and lotus flowers and weird real weird, weird
2: stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um and we're just like cooking them in this spicy broth. Um and uh that was really cool. We actually did that twice. Um I don't know, you know, we met the owner and he was real nice and all the, the people there were real nice and uh we got all this stuff the first time we were there and we were like rookies. There's all these people around us who are, look like they've been doing it you know, a long time, we got everything figured out, and we just have no idea what we're doing. So they literally gave us, they literally gave us sheets of pictures of all the different uh, vegetables and stuff, so we know what we were getting, because oh, cool. a lot of it is, yeah, a lot of it is just things that I'd never heard of, and then when the waitress brought us the stuff, Angel said to her, excuse me, uh, how do we know how long to cook everything? And I thought she was going to, the waitress was going to say, like, what do you mean you just cook it? But instead, she literally gave us a rundown of every single thing that we had, how long to cook it for. And that, that blew me away. Yeah, yeah, we had like ten different things, and she told us how many minutes to cook everything for. I had like crab legs. It was really awesome. Um. Wow. Yeah, so that was, that was probably the coolest part of Boston. That, and uh, and Salem was pretty cool. But. You know, we the couldn't afford to do anything it? crazy.
2: Is that the person you gave a fat tip to?
0: Yeah, well, we gave fat tips to every every restaurant server yeah. that we went. Because you know, well, just yeah, just the way it is.
2: Well, that's what's fun. Like even when you're on a budget, like when you're on vacation, like in with what you're doing, it's fun to spread it around. Like I, no, I don't have unlimited funds. Like no one does. But when you do something, it's like it's fun to you know, take care of people, spread it around a little bit, act like a big shot. <laughs> Even if it's yeah, yeah. at a restaurant, it's nice and like you feel good and like you said, uh, like I read what you said or what you wrote. It's like you make somebody you make somebody's day
0: for doing that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we went to uh, in Salem. There's this really famous breakfast place there, so we went there um, and it was real cheap. Our, our bill was like twelve bucks, but I left the waitress at twenty because they were you know it's a weekend before Halloween. It's Salem, so it's a big touristy spot. And they were just slammed. We waited for like an hour to sit down to this tiny little restaurant. There was probably maybe like thirty five seats in there and just the whole lobby's full. There's a line outside. It's like ten degrees outside. And they're just slammed. This waitress is running around. You know what I mean? So you know, being a server is a is a very physically demanding and mentally demanding job, as you know, I would know because I'd do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not gonna remember the actual ten bucks I left her. The next day, let alone the next month. So, might as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, um, not an easy job, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. I love it, though. I love being a server. It's just, it's super fast money, and once you leave work, you don't have to worry about work until you go back. That is,
2: that is a nice thing. Yeah, totally. And, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, everyone, everyone needs to get taken care of. Everyone needs to have, like, a nice night off, so it's, it's fun to, like, provide that
0: yeah and there's always gonna be jerks that come out, but I mean the majority yeah. of people are are you know nice people yeah totally um, i uh
2: i ate some i ate Thai food in Morocco and i ate pizza like more than once in Morocco as well. <laughs> How's
0: moroccan pizza um
2: the bread is really really good they, yeah yeah. It's so – I've heard people from Australia say that bread in Australia is great and people in the UK. um, Bread is I. So, well, here's what's weird. I have to be gluten-free in the U.S. Um, And I thought I had to be gluten-free everywhere. But I I started eating a little bit of the the wheat in Europe and Spain because I have heard other people say that they're – Insides don't turn inside out, and they don't get terrible headaches like they do with wheat grown in North America. Yep. So it was so bizarre. Um, so theoretically, I could, I could, I guess I, that means I can eat, like, imported pasta and imported breads and stuff, but I don't because I like to not be a fat ass and I like to be healthy. But um, it was so awesome being overseas. It was like almost getting a sense back. Like, for two years, I was not eating – good bread at all because it was all gluten-free bread and
0: then overnight i was able to like eat whatever i want it was kind of weird yeah we've really become a uh, nutritional dystopia in north america here
2: <laughs> yeah isn't it crazy how like we you're so mu- you're probably i you might be infinity times more likely to die of obesity than diet starvation in this country like i don't know if people really die of starvation in this country I feel like you'd freeze. Yeah, I'm not sure. If you were homeless, I feel like you'd freeze before starving.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all. it all started with World War II because we just needed to create, you know, extra food stores. So we created these all the factory farms and the factory, you know, the wheat and the genetically modified wheat make everything super easy to cultivate. And then after the war, we just kept doing it, and now we're still doing it. And also, we had this...
2: Yeah, right. And after World War II, we had this economic boom when the rest of the world had economic struggle. And so our economic boom coincided with a time where people were obsessed with convenience and novelty and the future. And TV, TV dinners and canned hams and, you know, all that stuff became popular when the U.S. was super rich. And fast food, and so like in other countries, they just didn't like they don't have a 20th century culture of eating fast food or eating TV dinners because they were too poor to have afforded that in the 70s. So it's just weird, um, but yeah, it goes along with uh, the the GMOs and all that other stuff, and like we 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 were, we're a, we were a victim of our own success in this country. I feel like post-World War Two, yep. like with, like, suburbia right. kind of expanding, like, single-family
0: houses versus mixed-use buildings? Well, I mean, we basically reached the the future that all of our ancestors were trying to get to, which is just being able to be safe and comfortable and not having to worry about shit. And then all of a sudden, when suburbia popped up, you could just sit in your house and be safe and comfortable and not have to worry about and then everyone started realizing, wait a minute, now I'm unhappy because I have no purpose. And then everybody got depressed and then we started putting everybody on medicine and then everybody got addicted to opiates and uh here we are.
2: Yeah, it was too much of a good thing, for sure. Um Man, what if um what if the water can turn you gay, dude? If <laughs> what did you say? I said, What if the water can turn you gay?
0: I mean, I'd be okay
2: with it. <laughs> it's a total, total non sequitur
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, yeah, we really did a did a number on ourselves in the in this this society.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't think people realize how fragile our way of life is. Hmm. Because if the internet goes down and some kind oh. of crazy war happens. Uh, I don't know how to build or operate cell phone uh without an operating system uh and I don't know how to run computers uh, you know what I mean I know how to operate a laptop, but I don't know any of the operations of anything I don't know how to fix my car if my car breaks. I don't know how to make my own clothes or catch my own food. Uh, one big disaster kind of like when you're supposed to go to Disneyland and then your septic tank explodes and then you got to spend all the money to fix your septic tank and you can't go to Disneyland. Oh,
2: is,
0: that, is that what it's like? Yeah, I guess so.
2: That's an interesting, I guess, not exactly a one-to-one analogy, but you're pretty quick. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm totally fucked in that case. And, uh, oh, boy, that is just such a frightening prospect. Just a nice solar flare, uh, an EMP pulse or whatever.
0: Yeah, electromagnetic pulse. Yeah,
2: <laughs> not great.
0: Not great.
2: Or an <laughs> not, not great. Oof. I tell you. Um. Yeah, when the aliens dig up this podcast from from some old server in four thousand years, and we're like, <laughs> not great. Not great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not not great. Not great.
2: <laughs> <You> <laughs> assholes. <laughs>
0: Bunch of like parrot aliens.
2: <laughs> remember
0: oh, well, I before I forget, this is a completely random, different thing, but something that I I learned, kind of an idea that I was presented with that kind of changed my view on things. So, I was watching this thing on Evil, and um, people were trying to refute it, saying. We've never seen one animal turn into another animal, which is, like, a very reductionist argument. But I also saw a thing that says maybe life started more than once on this planet, not all at the same time. So that's one way to account for so many different species is because life started independently itself in multiple places on the planet.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, was just like a, okay.
0: that was just, like, a random thing that I, that I was presented with that I had never really thought of before.
2: that's a great point i mean we know that humans started in the cradle of civilization or whatever you know north africa and then this then ultimately sumeria but we don't really i don't know where the first like what where was it florida georgia where was the first cell um so yeah there could have been multiple places i read this book called quantum evolution back in college Mm -hmm. and it was this this mathematician dude who was just crunching some numbers based on these amino acid tests that scientists were doing, like scientists were trying to find, like they were trying to replicate the first cell, which they think was just like a, a collection of like, a, it was just a, a chain of amino acids that like was able to like coordinate or something. I don't. Know. But yeah. um, this dude through the magic of math came to this conclusion where like since the Earth was formed this many years ago and it cooled down this many years ago and it became suitable for life, um, the first cell came about incredibly quickly after the planet was ready for it. Like, it didn't... there, There wasn't enough time to go by for trial and error for a random amino acid chain to come together for the first cell. This dude's conclusion was, like, there's an underlying energy that once the conditions were set up, the first cell happened like unreasonably quickly much right. quicker than than a random um hypothesis would would have you think and so this dude's, this dude was like based on math i can i i'm concluding that life started not by chance like that life i don't know what it was but that life did, the first cell did not come about by chance on this planet <laughs> it's like whoa that's yeah weird
0: yeah, there could definitely be some sort of underlying energy that pushes things towards that.
2: Yeah, I mean, his numbers could be all wrong, but he was crunching the numbers based on the amount of carbon in the world and how much time it took for everything to cool and how much it would take for a cell to randomly form. And he's like, just the numbers don't add up. It couldn't happen. Um, and so that would possibly coincide with your what you were saying about how life could have started in multiple different places at different times leading to different kinds of organisms rather than, I guess, the current theory is that everything came from one single cell.
0: One single cell, right. Now,
2: did you hear about this, that mitochondria have different DNA than the rest of our cells? Yes. And so now, like, like, tons of... I don't know if it's most scientists in this field or just a lot of them in this field are now concluding
1: or theorizing
2: that the first cell, the first um, cell that we know was like these, or what we call organelles, like mitochondria, were actually their own bacteria. They were their own organism at one point, like a fucking free thinking, free moving organism, and they just decided to like buddy up with a bunch of organelles and be like, "Hey, this kind of bugger works out. This is groovy," and apparently. That's what happened, and so, like, all the cells in our body are not even themselves. They're actually, it's a mitochondria and a nucleus kind of working together. Like, it's so weird. I
0: think that's weird. Yeah, Paul Stamets said that we're a giant fungal body. It's like all yeah. these different things working together, yeah.
2: Right, we're just two fungal masses talking to each other. I fucking love that.
0: Yeah, it's so insane.
2: Dude, Paul Stamets is is the man. I love him so much. Uh, at my grocery store, they have we have his supplements. He has his own oh, nice. like it's not his it's like a brand of supplements and then it says like he works for them. It says like curated um and overseen by Dr. Paul Stamets. And I'm like Yeah, that? and it has his it has his picture with his hat. You know he's got that fucking Right, hat right.
0: Like, but I'm like, yeah, yeah.
2: And so I'm like, now I and and I love my grocery store because they curate, like they they only, they at one point they had a sign that they were like, hey, next week you're, you might not see your favorite ice cream anymore because we're changing, we're taking out a lot of our ice creams because we found out that they're not they're not as ethical as we want them to be with with like their labor practices. And so like, this store is cool. They like do that kind of shit. And so I trust them anyway. But when I see that that guy's face on there selling me mushrooms. I'm, I I know it's good quality.
0: Yeah, you know it's good stuff. I yeah. know.
2: Yeah, I take uh, Cordyceps sinensis. He has this um, respiratory blend that includes Cordyceps mushrooms, and I take it before I go running. But have you heard of this Cordyceps? Yep. It, uh, it like, grows off the bat. It spores or it blooms, like, off the backs of dead dead insects.
0: Sounds good. Yeah.
2: Um, they used to think that this mushroom was a parasite killing these insects, but really what this mushroom was doing was in symbiosis with these insects, the mushroom was, allowed, was carrying oxygen around inside the insect's respiratory systems, or circulatory systems. So... This mushroom, yeah, increases oxygen delivery so that insects can live at high altitudes. And um, old ass Chinese people back in the day were like, oh, "I'm gonna use this too, so that I can have this in my blood."
0: Yeah, all comes from nature. So great. Give me that nature. Oh. Uh... <laughs>
2: um So I was, uh, I was in, I was in. Europe, as I mentioned. And um uh, I like I like all the little things, you know like you notice like people from Boston are terrible drivers. Um all the <laughs> little things you notice when you travel somewhere. Something that like you wouldn't read in a travel book. Like you wouldn't read a blog about Boston and be like, by the way, if you're traveling here, no like the the drivers are terrible. Um, yeah, take the trail. Yeah, so yeah. Um in Europe the cars I mean, as I'm sure you're aware, all the cars are different. Like, they just have different – they have Ford and Toyota. um, But the Fords and Toyotas that they have in Europe are, like, different than the ones they have here, which is weird. Yeah. Um, And and they also have different car companies we don't have here. But overall, European cars kind of have a look to them. And it makes me realize that American cars have their own look. And I didn't realize that – I just thought that it was just – like – when you don't see other cultures, you just think that your culture it is neutral. You think that your culture is no culture at all.
0: When, right, when right.
2: It's not like an accent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You say, I don't have an accent. I was like, well, you do. Um, so, yeah, so the cars in Europe, like the, the headlights specifically, are small. And the cars themselves are small, but everybody, it seems like 80% of the cars are hatchbacks. Like almost right. everybody drives a hatchback. And there are, like, all these, like, small, sensible or mid-sized, like, sensible cars. They're not flashy. I feel like in the United States, like, we, we're we very into individualism. And I think that extends to our cars. Like, I want my car to be an extension. I said before, car is, like, an extension of us. And people like stylish lines and contours and wheel wells. And we like the way that certain taillights look, you know? <clears throat> We're just like that, and we want a car that has some style to it. And like, in Spain or in the Netherlands, like, they just don't give a shit, like, I think. I think they're just like, this is my car. I use it to go here and there. Like, it's – and they look like little pods. All the cars look like little Jetson cars that should be sounding like me, 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 Yeah,
0: it's very economical. Well, we're just baptized in materialism when we're born in the United States. It's just a different upbringing.
2: Yeah, I want nice shit, Lee. I want nice shit, yeah. and I want it to be mine, mine.
0: Yeah, it's uh, like we know that our cell phones are created with immoral practices, but we're still talking to each other on them.
2: Yeah, you know what am I to do? Boycott that shit. Yeah, but they do that. all Electronics are are really. I would say the clothes are an easier one to go to because clothes is easier to find an ethical option. Right. Um. There's really no ethical option for phones. <laughs> they are all, uh, at some point, one some parts of them will always be unethically sourced. Unfortunately, just because like yeah, all the lithium for the batteries. Exactly, dude. Like the countries that control these resources have bad labor practices, so it's kind of unavoidable. But clothes is one that if you know if you can afford it, you can buy ethical. But most people are like, you know, you turn you. If you're not close to, it's hard to, it's hard to do something when you're not emotionally attached to it. Like, it sucks. As humans, we all wish we could be, like, I'm driven by rationality. And, like, logic is what I, how I make my decisions and my brain, you know. <laughs> it's <is just> so <laughs> not, like, I'm the same way. So it's it's that's the hardest thing to break, you know.
0: Yeah, and, then, and as you get older, you're, uh your genes control you more than when you're younger because you become, like, less open as you get older because um, you just, like, get into your habits and, like, you know, you know you like what you like and, like, all that kind of stuff. So as you get older, all, all your predispositions become even stronger.
2: Yeah, th- that neuroplasticity um, is harder to maintain and it's just easier to stay set in your ways. And... Yep. Um, why everyone everyone's favorite music is the music they listen to in college or high school even um and it's like a muscle that you have to work out like trying new things and being open to new things and, and like embracing new things as a muscle you have to work out because it's not i don't think it's easy to listen to a new band or a new sound and to like get into it i think it's your brain, it's harder for your brain, and, like, it's nobody's fault, you know. It's just, like, my brain likes this other shit that I've been listening to for 40 years. Like, it's that, you know, it's that molded jello. But but if you exercise that part of your brain or that kind of brain power where you, like, you're, like, okay, I'm going to listen to something new. And I'm really going to keep an open mind, and I'm going to be interested in it, and I'm going to be psyched that I'm listening to something new. And then before, and you try and hear, like, what What do I like about this song? And then you, you know, you kind of have to force it. (laughs) But it depends. It's like how you force anything that's worthwhile, like building a shed or whatever. Like, you force yourself to do it, and then once it's done, you're so happy you forced yourself.
0: I I saw Jerry Seinfeld do a great joke. He went on, um, I'm not sure if it was the Colbert Report or something like that, but whoever the interviewer was asked them so what's it like to be 62 or however old he is? And, he, and Jerry Seinfeld says, well, I don't turn around anymore. And, like, the audience kind of quickly laughs, and the interviewer asks him, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I'm 60, you know, whatever. So I've seen everything there is to see, I think, for the most part. Somebody says,
2: <laughs> if someone's behind me, they say, hey, Jerry, look at this. I was like,
0: yeah, I'm okay. I'm not going to turn around. I'm sure I've seen something like it. I'm sure it's great. That's it. <laughs> so I, I thought that was really funny. Oh, my God. That was funny. <laughs> I don't turn around anymore. But, I mean, it's kind of true. I mean, even though I'm a musician, I very rarely listen to, especially new music, but I don't really listen to too much music in my spare time because I'm either working on my own music or I'm listening to informational podcasts and stuff like that. Um, it's just yeah, it's weird. You know, nobody really explains to you what getting older is like. You know what I mean? Mhm. Strange.
2: Well, and and people can explain it to you, but it's like it's different when you feel it. It's so different when you feel something in your body than when you just think it in your mind, you know? Yep. There's an in a different integrative sort of experience that you just can't get for some things like, like getting old, so and so, like, when you're young and someone's like, ah, the, my favorite music, like, the best music was in the 60s. And you're like, "Oh, you're so fucking old. Like, I will never be like that. And
0: then you become that. <laughs> and then you're like, you're right. The best music was in the 60s. You're right. <laughs>
2: right, yeah. No, but that's why I, I, uh, I, uh, I try to, I try not to be that person. I'm trying to be like, no, the best music is being made today. Like, I'm still convinced. But, um. There's this. I, I love living next to this music venue because I get to see what's on the marquee and see the the different demographics of the line of audience members uh, that come out. Right. But this person is playing tonight. Um, their 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 name is Tash Sultana. Tash Sultana.
0: Oh yeah, I've heard of her.
2: Oh really? Well, uh, it's a they. This person is a they. This person's mm-hmm. queer. Tash okay. prefers the they pronoun I was reading about. Okay. And I've never listened to a queer artist before I don't think or one that was openly queer. That's kind of been so I'm really interested to listen to listen to Tash and see what they um they're all about. i very Yeah. Apparently, um, apparently, they're a multi-instrumentalist like a one man band is what what good people are saying about, about yeah a lot of like live looping
0: stuff like that it's all like loops I
2: do like a good loop I do you know me I like a Keller Williams I like a, a time relapse I like a Medusa's disc you know me <laughs> Medusa's disc <laughs> Medusa's slip disc ah my back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm back yeah I'm looking forward to, to trying that have you heard of Haim H-A-I-M we may have talked about Haim on the podcast Hmm, not sure. Haim's pretty great. I recommend you try them, H-A-I-M. Um, me and my friend Mara were arguing whether us fans of Haim are called Haim and Cheese Sandwiches or Laham, as she calls us. <laughs> she being a member of the tribe. The, the, so Haim is a band that's three sisters. They're all Jewish, so hence the Laham.
0: Oh, okay, so, uh, that makes sense.
2: And Mara's also Jewish. So I thought that was a hilarious. I like, and quite not Jewish. Ham and Cheese, Ham, ham and Cheese sandwiches, very oh, very lust-y. Um But yeah, they're three sisters, and they make incredible music. And some of it sounds like Madonna from the eighties, like synced up pop music. Um, some of it sounds like rock music. But they have they have some weird harmony, like. No, it's not harmonies. Their harmonies are good. What's weird is, like, ca- they have a lot of polyrhythms. And so they don't have generic sounding. They don't have, like,
0: grooves.
2: Well, they have grooves, but they're complicated because of the polyrhythms. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So
2: their use of percussions is really interesting. And um I just love their sound. And so I, and they're very, and it's a very unique sound. So, and I, uh, I'd recommend you listen to
0: them. Okay. Yeah, I'm all about the, because music has been a, like, popular and, uh, televised and radio music has been around for so many decades now, it's like most of the innovative things have been done already. It's just the way it is. And there's only so many styles of music that can be played, um, so, at this point, if you're seeing something that sounds different, that's much more impressive to me than something that sounds polished.
2: oh okay, yeah, 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 and that you're so right, dude. There's only so many sounds you can make, right? I mean, how many combinations there's only certain chords only sound good together, although if you go to the Middle East, you hear some weird shit that sounds really disjointed, but I guess for that, it's so weird how in my ears, it sounds awful, but to them it sounds. Sounds good. I don't know how
0: that it's just, it, it it's based off of different scales um and different like modes of scales which right. just, like deep, deeper into it um but yeah it's just they're they're like the especially like in India like those complex uh the complex music that they have over yeah. there
2: it's,
0: yeah it's more of like a conversation
2: yeah and so I guess you have to grow up like you have to be listening to that since you were fucking three, I think to like right. for your brain to enjoy that. I suppose. Yeah. It's like really spicy. Yeah, I mean that, maybe. that's
0: something that's something that I enjoy now, but only because I've gotten so deep into music that I'm like, all right, I'll listen to this. All right, now I'm bored of this. Okay, well this is like different than that. Okay, now I'm bored of that. So like I, I'm very, uh, I wouldn't say cynical when it comes to music, but I'm just all about. I'm all about efficiency. Like, all right, I've heard all this stuff already. I don't want to hear other versions of this stuff that other people like. Like, popular music on the radio is just new versions of stuff that's already been done before. Like, all right, I get it. You know, it's catchy and whatever and fun. But I want to hear something different. And then I hear something different. I'm like, all right, now I've heard that. What do I want to hear next? I want to hear something different than that. So you can only go so far in that before you just kind of stop listening to music, (laughs) which is kind of where I'm at now. Um,
2: did, we, did you and I ever listen to Naked City together with John Zorn? Oh, yes.
0: I listen to – there's this one video of them on YouTube that I listen to at least once a year. Um, with the uh, Yamashika <laughs> Eye, the guy who screams. Yeah. yeah, Speed
2: Freaks. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where it sounds like it's turning the dial on the radio.
2: Yes. Yes. So crazy.
0: Yeah. I listen to that at least once a year. It's it's one of the greatest things that's ever existed, I think.
2: Yeah, that's like the edge of music. That's like,
0: that like
2: is, there, used yep. a, there used to be a website you could type in that was www.www.com.com. dot com. com, <laughs> it, it said like it said like this is the last page of the internet. You have reached <laughs> the end. Please turn off your computer and go outside.
0: <laughs> that's amazing.
2: I discovered it in high school and I'm like, this is the most amazing website I've ever seen. I think it's down now, but that's like, to me, that song is the end of music. You've reached the end, turn it off, and go outside. (laughs) Yeah. What to see here, folks.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird. That's one thing that in the arts, like, I feel like music just is different than, like, visual arts and things like that because uh I guess when you're when you're painting or drawing something there's just like an infinite amount of places you could go with it and the same is true for music but it's more constrained in a way. I
2: don't know, I feel like the the notes that you have to work with are similar to the colors you have to work with as a visual artist, like as a painter? Um, but you're right, a painter can always start doing sculptures or start doing performance art, um, so they're not necessarily limited to the colors, but, um, that is, the idea of art being, being limited is, is interesting, but yeah, like, the fucking people in the 60s were, they were just lucky, they so lucky, like, you were born at a time when playing, uh. Pretty woman walking down. I was like, oh wow, our were like lucky bastard. I would have, I would have, I would have been a pretty woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like seeing like the birth of like Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and all those bands would have been awesome.
2: Yeah, it's good shit. They were good. And then all the hippies
0: turned around, got jobs at Wall Street and fucked the world forever.
2: Ah, uh, they fucked us, Lee. They fucked oh, they us fucked up. us hard. Um, I saw the uh I saw a star is born the movie.
0: With uh Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, my uh neighbor growing up.
2: Yeah, Lady Gaga and uh, Bradley <laughs> Cooper, Cooper. Um Cooper.
0: Okay.
2: Uh Brad. I call him Brad. And um B <laughs> Rad. It was really good. Apparently this movie's been re- this is a fourth remake, which is crazy. Really? Yeah, and every time it's about uh it's about a uh, an aging, famous musician who, who discovers a, a younger female musician and they fall in love. But Bradley Cooper wrote it and directed it. So he rewrote the script for Modern Times. He directed it himself. Fucking unbelievable. I mean, that's, oh, that's cool. a, lot, a lot of heavy lifting there. Um, yeah. Gagal was good. But Sam Elliott <laughs> plays Bradley Cooper's brother. Old Sam Elliott. Let me get some of that good sarsaparilla. But anyway, oh yeah, that is yeah, the mustache. So Sam Elliott has this great, great speech in the in the in the movie where he's like, "It's not about." He's like, "Well, it's kind of a theme." I think Bradley Cooper mentions it, but Sam Elliott says like, "You're only give the artist is only given
0: uh, what is it
2: eight notes or sixteen notes between octaves?"
0: I don't know. I'm not a fucking artist.
2: How many notes? Yeah, eight. Eight, notes. eight,
0: because eight notes, yeah. Because
2: oct, oct meaning eight. Yeah, so there's only eight yeah. notes between every octave. There, you really only have eight notes to work with. And everyone has the same set of notes. And what the artist does, and it's like, it's what, what do you have to say? What do you, what is your voice? And like, what do you have to say with those eight notes? And um yeah, like, there's, there's a finite amount of, of sounds. And combinations of sounds that you can make. So it's tricky being an
0: artist, being a, a musician. Yeah, definitely tough to monetize. That's for sure.
2: Um, the op- I feel like the the opposite of when we were talking about Naked City, that song Speed B- Freaks, uh, how it's the end of music. It's the it's the ultimate. You've reached the end. I feel like the opposite of that is Yoko Ono, like screaming. You reached <laughs> yeah. the end, but but it is the the polar opposite end of but in a different, different direction.
0: Deeper. Yeah, yeah. You, you reached a different end.
2: <laughs> yes, the, the fucking ass end. That you you
0: reached <laughs> Thank you for joining the ass end of music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh boy.
2: Um, yep. Well, but uh, anything else you wanna? Should we talk about? Because I, I I know it's getting late there, and I'm an old man, so we can always continue at another time. But what else? What else you got?
0: Yeah, I mean, we just did two hours, which is pretty crazy. That is a good
2: a good water cooler chat.
0: Wow, yeah.
2: Well, time flies when you're catching up, right?
0: Good story. I'm married, man, man.
2: When you're talking about, I don't want to go back to what it was, but we well, we that weird. We, we got into it early, that's for sure. Yeah, that was funny.
0: <laughs> we got into it hard early. Yeah. Yes. Well, we uh,
2: there's still a couple more things I want to ask you about, but we can. Well, I want to talk about it uh, maybe next time, maybe next week.
0: Oh yeah,
2: let's do it. Yeah.
0: Let's hey. do it. What? What was that? Huh? I said, let's do it.
2: Oh. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, uh, well, I will, I will talk to you uh, later. I'll talk to you soon, not later, soon, sometime, anytime. Soon and later. Yes. Now and yes. All right. All right, Lee.
0: See you. See you, buddy.
1: Well, we're back. I told you that was going to be weird. So that's it for this unnecessary podcast. Thanks for listening. See y'all later.